Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Damian Lillard made his return to Portland this week. And so did Chris Haynes. And there's tons of trade talk to get to, and we will dive into it all next here on This League Uncut. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime. Boom shakalaka. This league and cut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of This League Uncut. Actually, a part two of what has become our anniversary week extravaganza. As I mentioned in the last episode, earlier this week, This League Uncut happily celebrated It's one year anniversary. The first episode in the history of this show aired via iHeart Productions on January 30th, 2023. We were planning to drop an episode on January 30th, 2024. All kinds of circumstances beyond our control derailed that plan, but we're trying to rally here with this Thursday night taping that is delivering two episodes. In part one, we talked about the coaches, all-star reserve selections in the East and the West, who made it, who got snubbed. Of course, we talked about the very difficult week for the Philadelphia 76ers and the news that they've lost Joel Embiid to a meniscus injury in his left knee, the full severity of which we are unlikely to know until the end of the weekend or maybe early next week is what the Sixers are saying. But as I mentioned in the previous episode, Chris Haynes on Tuesday night worked the sidelines for TNT when Embiid got hurt in San Francisco. He then proceeded Wednesday to the Pacific Northwest, his former stomping grounds for the return of Damian Lillard. I honestly thought we would be spending a fair bit of time on this show talking about the Lakers as the crisis team in the NBA because the Lakers got absolutely destroyed on a back-to-back in Houston and Atlanta, 
flew to Boston. When they got to Boston in the middle of the night after 2 p.m. Eastern time, LeBron James tweets the hourglass emoji. Then on Thursday in Boston, the expectation is both Anthony Davis and LeBron James would play against the Celtics. Neither plays against the Celtics and against the team that is the hardest to beat on its home floor in the NBA, the Lakers, without their two All-Stars, come up with the win of their season to move to 25 and 25. So I think that keeps the crisis spotlight. And maybe I'm going a little too far with the crisis talk, but the Milwaukee Bucks have dropped the first two games of the Doc Rivers era. And Doc Rivers, his first game was at Denver. I don't think anybody was realistically expecting the Bucks to go into Denver with a new coach and beat the Nuggets because with all a with all due respect to Boston, I would say that winning games in Denver is still pretty much the hardest task for any road team, especially on a one-off basis. But to see the Bucks lose in Portland on Wednesday night in Damian Lillard's homecoming, okay, we knew the Blazers were going to be fired up, but at no point did I expect Milwaukee to not win that game. So Chris Haynes, you were there. Can you help us try to understand what in the hell happened? Yeah, I mean the Bucks did what they pretty much have been doing. Um, they've been um, they have a good record. You you take nothing away from them, and um, but you know they they've lacked dominance, and you know I know that's what though that was one of the reasons why Adrian Griffin was dismissed so early. The fact that they weren't didn't feel like they were winning the right way. And then they were losing games that they shouldn't have lost to, and they were uh, barely, you know, barely beating games that they probably should be taking care of handedly. So um, the other night in Portland was no ex- was no exception. The Blazers came out. They were fired up. That was, you know, tickets were jacked up. Um, it was a sold-out arena. You know, everybody was waiting for that moment to have Dane back. And so uh, you have to give props and credit to the Portland Trailblazers uh, for coming out and firing on all cylinders. Uh, but, that, yeah, it was a bad performance from the Bucks from start to finish. They just didn't have it. Dame didn't have it. Um, Doc is trying to – right now, from what I was told, this Doc is trying to – He's still in the evaluation stage, so he's not going in trying to abruptly make changes to the schemes. He's seeing what's working, seeing what's not working. Then he's going to really incorporate his scheme, and I think more more so that is going to happen probably post-All-Star break. But, Stein, this is a tough stretch for them because they're, they're on this road trip, and that Portland game was supposed to be a gimme. That was supposed to be the gimme of the road trip. Now they're in Dallas next, um, so it's it's not going to it's not getting easier for them on this road trip. And so uh, I wouldn't say sound the alarms, but definitely Doc is he he I think he has a clear understanding of uh, what he's gotten himself into now. Yeah, look, I definitely my misread was I failed to anticipate how fired up the Blazers would be for that game, and I probably shouldn't have been because for my weekly radio show that I have in Dallas, 
I recently had Scoot Henderson on and he talked about how psyched he was for the opportunity to play against Damian Lillard in Portland, knowing that the whole arena would be on some levels still rooting for Dame or at least wildly and loudly supporting him. And it sounds like he got a great reception. So yeah, Scoot, Anthony Simons, Aiton, these guys were all psyched for this one, clearly. But yeah, that was supposed to be the gimme. And as you said, the we're recording this on Thursday night. The Bucks are due to practice Friday in Dallas and play the Mavericks on Saturday in Dallas. But just for you being around this group in Portland, I mean, how much pressure are they feeling? I think that's what I'm going to want to gauge when I get around this team here in the next 24 hours. Just I imagine Doc wants to have some evaluation period, but man, they don't have time. Like they... They got to hold on to number two seed and that's, you know, New York and Cleveland have really joined that race while Philadelphia is dealing with the Embiid situation. You know, there's been a lot of talk about how Doc could end up being the all-star coach because Boston staff is ineligible to represent the East after serving as the all-star coaches last season. But man, the Knicks are suddenly there, and it, it could be Tom Thibodeau's gig. I'm guessing Doc Rivers probably does not want to be the all-star coach since he's been there about five minutes. But, I mean, the Bucks have a lot to get done here in a very short amount of time. Yeah, but they still have a, you know, it's good to have a cushion. And what I mean by a cushion, the fact that Adrian Griffin didn't leave them with a bad record. So, you know, they still have some games to play with here and there if they want to experiment and, and see what – and try to figure out what works. With that being said, you know, you talk about the All-Star, you know, they're 0-2 under Doc, uh, under Doc Rivers right now. They very well could be 0-3 under Doc, you know, after this weekend. And he could go into – he could be named the All-Star head coach for the Eastern Conference without a single win on his record. Uh, for the Bucks, so that would be the case. Doc will, Doc will, um, Doc will be the coach. If, if I believe February fourth is the deadline to see who has the best best record at that at that point by then. Um, I saw, you know, I was watching TNT inside the NBA. Was it last night? Was it no? Was it? It was today. Was it today when they were talking about? Yeah, I think it was today. They were they were talking about how uh, if Doc gets that that All Star coaching nod, Ken I think Kenny said it first. How he he got to let Adrian Griffin coach. First of all, Adrian Griffin is not coming. <laughs> Adrian Griffin is not coming out <laughs> to coach the Eastern Conference uh, after being fired by the Bucks. Griff would not do that. We could, you could kill that, Kenny. That would not happen right there. Um, yeah, that 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 would be unprecedented, and uh, me knowing Griff, no no chance in hell that he would do that. So uh, it it would have to be Doc if he ends up if the Bucks ends up keeping that number two seed in the East. Yeah, I mean, look, to be honest, I don't think Doc will be doing cartwheels to do it either. I'm sure. No, I wouldn't. It's not like, a good look. Yeah, it's not. A, it's it, not a good look. It's not a good it's look. A good and look. just they got so much to focus on on Milwaukee. You know, defense is the issue. We know that the Bucks 
you've been reporting it. I've been reporting. I mean, they are trying to be as aggressive as they can. They don't have a lot in the way of trade assets, but they want to do something. They want to try to make some sort of move before the deadline who can bring in some wing defense to help this team because, you know, the offense you, the, the bucks have had a top three offense for the bulk of the season. I mean, Dame really struggled with his shot in January. He shot 28% on threes for the month, but I don't expect that to continue. Offense is not the worry in Milwaukee. The concern is defense and do they have, can they manufacture a trade? We know John Horst is always looking to make moves. That is his MO. I just don't know what the Bucks can really get done with the limited amount of trade assets they have. To do anything significant, they're going to have to be willing, to me, to trade Bobby Portis. And to me, that would be a major change to the in-house dynamics there. So lots for the Bucks to figure out here on and off the court. But Stein, about Dane's return, um, you know, full house, everybody came back. Um, to see him, he had a couple former teammates. Evan Turner was one of them I saw that was there. Um, came to to support him and see you know see him play against his old team. Um, let me tell you about you know you know the old the old longtime PR guru for the Blazers, Jim Taylor. He's no longer with the Blazers anymore. Um, Dame called him. And told him, "Are you coming? Are you asking? Me, are you coming?" And Jim told me he he said I wasn't coming. You know I wasn't coming before, but Dame calls you. You got to be there. Dame was calling. You know, he was calling people who weren't associated with the um, organization anymore, who probably got let go, laid off over the last year or two. Jim T- Taylor again, but he was let go by the team two years ago. And, um, you know, Jim Taylor's been there for, oh, man, he was there. He was there a long time before I even started covering the team in 2010. And so it was cool to see Dame wanting to see everybody, wanting to see everybody that was associated with his rise in this league. And uh, and that meant calling people who even the organization had, had let go and, having them be a part of this and see, see him through. So I, I thought that was cool. Um, you know, Dame told me he's never, ever before, 11 years playing for that team, he's never once walked into that visiting locker room. <laughs> so he, he said he didn't know what it looked like. He didn't, you know, it, it was, he said it was strange, man. He said he felt like he knew every crack and cranny of that arena, uh, but not that, not that locker room. Uh, you know, it was it was just cool time. He was able to have a a birthday party for his for his kids the day before the game and um, handle some family business. And so it was it was a cool experience for him. And the, the Bucks made sure he was able to get extra time there in Portland. You know, that's one thing about the Bucks they they're really family oriented. Like really, they're they're really good at that and trying to make sure players, not just the star players, but pretty much all the players, uh, making sure they're in, in touch with what really matters. Um, and a lot of times that's that's family and, 
and friends. And so it was a cool experience. I know for Dame, it didn't, the end result wasn't what he wanted, but it, you know, they showered him with, you know, a few standing ovations. They, they gave it to him. I thought it, I actually thought he was going to cry. I, that's, I actually thought he was going to cry because the way we, the conversation we, we, we had before the game, he was getting real emotional and, you know, I thought he might let loose, but he, he held it in. He held it in. So it was a cool, cool night. Cool night. Because, um, you know, Dame now, has, Dame usually, like, he has such a rep for being unflappable and just, you know, cool in all these tense situations. But, like, do you think, was this, was this whole occasion, was this, was he looking forward to it? Was it weighing on him? Was it hard? Like, what, leading up to it, how was he? Leading up to it, he was looking forward to it. Um, just being, you know, being back home. I mean, he had just finished. He had a brand new house built, mansion, mansion. He had it had just finished. I want to say the start of the start of the summer of last summer, and so he, you know, he hasn't had the time to. Oh, it's Stein. He has a gymnasium in that in that place, Stein. This gym is unlike anything I've ever seen before, man. Oh my goodness! Have I got you shot there. Just admit it to us if you take. I, I haven't yet. No, I haven't yet. I haven't yet because I haven't because you know soon after the house was finished, the trade request was made, and so it's like you know I didn't have a reason to be in Portland um, anytime soon. I thought you know he's going to get you know he's going to get um traded sometime soon. But the point is, uh, it, it was you know he he was looking forward to being in a house that he wasn't in for, you know wasn't in for um, that long of a, a period. So and isn't uh, his plan was, to live there in the office? He's going to keep living there. He's in the done. Office no, season, that's right? home. Yeah, that's home. That that house, like it, he ain't, that house was built from the ground up. That that huge property, huge space, like that's his place. He's not selling that. Like that's that's his go-to. So eventually, uh, you, you will know. get some shots up there. Oh, for sure, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I just, yeah, I haven't had time, and I would have went, you know, on his this time this this time around, but I had the Sixers um, Warriors game Tuesday, and so I flew in the day of the game, and so I was tired when I got there that morning, so I just rested until it was time to go to the game. But I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was exhausted. But it was again, I I debated on if I should go or not. But uh, I felt like, man, if I didn't go, that probably one of the things I would probably regret not being there. And Stein, you, you know, all the Blazer employees and everybody, you know, they they're smart, Alex. You know, they they see me. Oh, I I had a feeling. What what brings you to town? I had a feeling you might be be, be coming to this game. You know, they all they all acting. <laughs> they all acting brand new. That's that's my family down there. So it, it was good to be back. No, I really think you would have regretted it if you weren't there. Obviously, the ending for Dame is pretty dispiriting. I'm sure the Bucks thought that that was the certain win on this road trip, and they didn't get it. But I feel like I covered Dirk Nowitzki's career start to finish much in the same manner that you are covering Dame Lillard's career from start to finish. And I didn't miss many of Dirk's milestones. I saw almost every important moment of his career, but I did miss a couple and I wasn't there the night he crossed the 30,000 point threshold, like an idiot 
I took a TV assignment. ESPN summoned me to LA and I thought, oh, I need to go. I can't say no. And I went all the way to LA to be on the jump. And I wasn't there the night that Dirk scored 30K. And that was a huge miss that I will always regret. Winning is an everyday mindset. And we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then when Dirk was retiring, I was at the New York Times and the schedule was, I don't know why the league did the schedule this way, but the Mavericks last home game that season was the second to last game of the season. So they played Phoenix at home in Dirk's farewell at home. And I was there for that. And of course, that was the game where your pal Jamal Crawford scored 50 on Dirk's home finale. But the last game of the season was actually in San Antonio, an away game. But it actually worked as the perfect farewell for Dirk because not only were the Spurs such a rival for the Mavericks for years and years and years and and probably the defining rivalry of his career because the Mavs and Spurs had such great playoff battles. And Dirk has always said a zillion times 
that the Spurs were the big brother that the Mavericks had to get beat up by and finally learn how to conquer. But beyond all that, of course, the game that really put Dirk Nowitzki on the map as an NBA prospect was the Nike Hoop Summit game in San Antonio at the Final Four in 1998. So the prospect of Dirk going back to play at San Antonio in his final NBA game, there was a poetic justice to it, and it killed me to miss that. But what happened was, if you remember, Magic Johnson abruptly resigned from the Lakers right while all that was happening. Yeah. And yeah. the Times was like, I, I was there. We, yeah, I was there. We really need you to focus on Magic right now. Yeah. Because for the Times, that was the larger national story. And so I had to bail out of covering Dirk's mm. last game at San Antonio. And that's crushed. Like, obviously, I can never get that back. I can never turn back time yeah. and get myself to his last game. So I'm really glad you made it because. That was that was Man. too important of a game to miss. I remember that I was there in LA. I don't know why. I I think that was like my first year at Yahoo, and um, so my first year at Yahoo was LeBron's first year with the Lakers. I believe it was the first year. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever. But I was in LA a lot, and I was there for that game when Magic just came and held an impromptu. Uh media session before the game right in front of the Lakers locker room. Nobody knew he was going to do this. And he just tells us <laughs> he, you know, magic is a talker magic talk. So it's, it's not uncommon to see a whole bunch of people just gathered around him, just listening to him talk. So we didn't think it was going to be anything serious or significant. And then he just basically resigns on the spot. And then we even asked him, well, did you tell Jeannie? He's like, I'm, I'm going to tell her after this. <laughs> I think she knows already now, man. I think she knows. Oh, man. That was, that was classic, man. That was classic magic, man. Let me just say that your favorite correspondent in Dallas was not laughing. Because as I was yeah. watching it, I was like, oh, my God. There is no way I'm going to be able to go to San Antonio and not deal with this Laker chaos. And so yeah, that's what happened. And I missed it, man. And that and Dirk's farewell in San Antonio was quite a, quite a night, big, you know, very emotional tears and the whole thing. And Spurs fans just paid him an incredible tribute. Spurs did a tribute video. I mean, that's saying there's so much respect built up between the Mavs and the Spurs because of all their battles over the years. So man, I, I really, Missed out. Let's try to shift now to some of the trade talk because that was the anticipated focus of a show that we're recording one week away from the trade deadline. And again, we did get a trade today amid all of the all-star and Embiid chaos. There's been six trades already. James Harden was traded on Halloween. We've seen OG Ananobi traded. We've seen Pascal Siakam traded. We've seen Terry Rozier traded. Now we've seen Houston make a trade that's really for next season, getting Steven Adams from the Grizzlies. Steven Adams unable to play this season. But you mentioned on a recent episode of This League Uncut how the Houston Rockets had interest in Robert Williams, even though he's out for the season in Portland because Ime Udoka remains such a Robert Williams fan from their time together in Boston. 
And one of Yudoka's priorities has been, let's find another big who can back up and or complement rising star Alperin Shangun. And you could see why they wanted Robert Williams. And knowing the Robert Williams piece of it, it made a lot of sense that this trade with Memphis suddenly emerges that they get Steven Adams to play that role next season. And we also had the Marvin Bagley to Washington trade, which was mostly salary cap related. But again, six trades since Halloween, five trades since December 30th. That's been quite a bit of action before we really get close to the deadline. And now we've got the last six or so days before the buzzer sounds. There's going to be more trades. I don't know that we're going to see any more, quote, stars move. But look, DeJounte Murray is still out there. Much more Kyle Kuzma talk circulating recently. Zach Levine, at least there is now a tangible market that we can pinpoint because we know Detroit has expressed some level of interest. I don't know if the Pistons and the Bulls can actually get a deal done, but there is some dialogue there, and I've been advised to not discount it. The talks have not gone dormant. There still is a possibility, at least, that something materializes there, even if we have to classify it as a long shot. And then Bruce Brown, we know Toronto is still trying to find something with Bruce Brown. Maybe we see something from the Warriors. There are still a lot of possibilities out there in the trade market as we kind of move into the last week here. What do you have circled most? What are what is what is the biggest trade season curiosity that is still left for you? You touched on, you know, those are really the big names, the bigger names of players that are available that could possibly be moved by the February 8th trade deadline. I'll actually be in New York during that time, by the way. Love New York. So I get to spend a week. Really? You You never go east. Why are you going east? Um, I have a game. I have a game for – I got a TNT game. So uh, initially I had had Dallas and Nets Tuesday, which would be February 6th. Then I had Dallas Knicks on trade deadline, February 8th. So – They've taken me off that February 8th so I can concentrate on trade news. So I'm going to stay still because I, I would have stayed in New York from Monday to Friday anyway. So I'm going to I'm, I'm going to stay there. Just have one game that week and focus on trade stuff on the deadline. But yeah, I love New York. Winning is an everyday mindset. And we're here to help I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You were very confident Pascal Siakam will get traded, and he did. He is now an Indiana Pacer. You have also been pretty confident that a DeJounte Murray trade would happen. I reported over the weekend that there had been little to no recent contact between the Lakers and the Hawks after the initial talks that they very much did have. But with the deadline coming back, we'll have to see, does that get sparked up again? Is somebody else going to swoop in and make Atlanta an offer for DeJounte Murray that they like, or, I mean, to me, DeJounte Murray's contract is, yeah, his contract is such that the Hawks don't have to trade him. Now, if the offers that come in, if they don't like them, DeJounte Murray is going to generate interest at the draft. I mean, it's not like they have to trade him right now. And that's what I've been told. They, they feel the Hawks don't feel like they're in, in an urgent, manner in which they have to do something this instant. They're very comfortable with going into the offseason and then trying to see what can be done there. So yeah, you're you're hundred percent correct on that front. Um also, Stein, throw in a pair of um wing defenders in Brooklyn, Dorian Finney Smith, Royce O'Neal, they're getting traction from for some there's some teams that are in need of some wing um, defense, those guys fit the bill. So th- those are some names as well. Yeah, it's Dorian, big... Finney, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Those are the three nets considered most available and most likely to move. I reported earlier today on my Substack, though, I've been I've been hearing this week more than once. Do not completely discount the idea that Nick Claxton gets moved. I know there's been a lot of mixed signals. There's talk that the Nets want to keep him, but I've also heard it from the other perspective that don't be surprised if something happens with Claxton. I think teams around the league have had trouble pinpointing what are the Nets' true intentions with Claxton. Do they intend to re-sign him this summer because Claxton is going to be an unrestricted free agent? 
Houston has made some attempts to try to get Mikhail Bridges away from the Nets. That does not appear to be happening. The Nets do seem pretty set about not trading Mikhail Bridges. But I think you're right. I think we got to keep our eyes on the Nets for potential, multiple potential other mm-hmm. moves. Yeah. Another name, Matisse Thibault, I'm hearing out there. There's, there's teams that inter- interested in him. But Matisse, being that he was – um. His deal was max, match, excuse me, um, when he signed the offer sheet with Dallas, Portland match. So, therefore, for this season, he has um, veto power over any potential trade. So, it's, it's Matisse's call on where he he gets to go if there is a trade that can be made this season. But That's right. Bradley, told, Bradley Beal has the only no trade clause in the NBA, but when you are – when you are a restricted free agent and you sign an offer sheet and the offer sheet is matched for one year, you do get veto power over trades. And that's what Matisse has. And I'm told Portland is not looking to move Matisse, which I know that's not what some teams want to hear, but that that's what I'm told as of now. So you are going to be at Mavs, Nets in Brooklyn on Tuesday night. I'll be there. Yes, I'll be I there. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Will you, Stein? No. Well, now you're going to be my eyes and ears. I, w- I don't have to go to Brooklyn. Uh, I just can check uh, in with you, and you'll tell me everything that's happening. You know, that game yeah, is the one-year anniversary, I believe, of the Mavericks' acquisition of Kyrie Irving from the Nets. Huh. Pretty sure oh, that happened on February 6, 2023. Okay. And that is – and Kai should be – he should be back by that game. I would – it's a pretty good shot he'll be back. If not before that, maybe that game. What I'm potential, that's what I'm potentially hearing. Potentially. Potentially. I throw that potentially out there. Producer Ryan, underline potentially for Mr. Haynes, please. <laughs> potentially. All right. I think we're going to leave it there. I think in this two-parter, though, we covered quite a bit of ground. We touched on a lot of stuff and – we will get together before that Mavericks-Nets game in Brooklyn on Tuesday and do this again with certainly more trade deadline preview, trade deadline analysis, and who knows, maybe we'll even have trade number seven to dissect. Everyone, as always, please remember, follow, rate, and review the show via Apple Podcasts, via Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to us, joining us. Thanks so much for being part of this league uncut with Chris and me, and especially producer Ryan music. Thank you for being part of this pod for more than a year. Now we are into year two and happily. So we will be back with you very, very soon as always on this league uncut. That'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein!
Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.